everybody. Welcome hey. to another installment of Make Play. Yep, that's what this is. This is a podcast where myself, Jimmy Stein, and myself, Nicholas Ragusa, slash Nick, slash Nick, uh, we talk about the games we've been playing and the games we've been making uh, in or reverse just order. general content or we've just been making. General you know, hashtag content. Gotta pump out the content. Uh, the content train must roll. Uh, and it's also, I almost said video games there for a second, but it's just games in general. Yeah. I actually was thinking about, I was walking past the park the other day, and I was like, man, I gotta make more field games. Mm. You know, like, they're so, I feel like they're so simple to make, because, and there's so much you can, ex- like, they're very, um, like, dynamic, I guess. They're very generative, because people are involved, and people... Uh. Are just weird. You're talking about games like Ninja and like, yeah. like outside games. Yeah, like outside just, games, like yeah. a game that you play in the field. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And they're just like fun. I don't know. Like I, I, I like moving, using my body mm-hmm. more in games and stuff. Um, I was also, I think I was talking to someone about being in Boy Scouts because uh, uh, I'm an Eagle Scout, and uh, no big deal. Um, but we, <laughs> <laughs> we just like I just had some legendary games of like capture the flag in like the middle of the woods. And be like, okay, well, that stream is the outside boundary, or you know, that road mm. is the other boundary. Oh, that sounds like really f- a lot. It's of fun, like actually. legit yeah. capture the flag, like st- st- uh, stalking around in like the woods and like seeing people and like seeing their base and like finding their flag up in a tree and then like running over and like jumping off of a log or like trying to climb up the tree as fast as you can and grabbing it and throwing it down to your buddy. It creates and, such a great like narrative. Oh my god, so so true. There was one time I'll never forget. We played. It was like another troop was also at the same campsite that we were at because we were at like mm-hmm. a summer camp in the off season. It was a lot cheaper, and they had this giant field that was, I guess, kind of like a soccer field size um, that was all surrounded by woods. And like, I, it was so dark though that I remember just like lying down in the middle of the field and like just waiting for people to run past because they wouldn't notice you. Like, they're not yeah. gonna be like looking at the ground oh, no, as yeah. they're running. And so you just like watch someone like run past and then just like pop up out of the ground and run after <laughs> them and then get them like ah, it's like totally scary. Really, or like if you're being chased you just drop and like where the hell did you go those are games that really lend themselves to creating like inside jokes and yeah. sort of moments in your life for sure, which <laughs> yeah. i love that kind of thing like i remember i played um played essentially like a sort of manhunt in the backyard of one of my houses yeah. in uh, connecticut that i had lived in mm-hmm. and that house had a really big backyard it was like uh, it wasn't it wasn't really good for playing games usually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um like or sports yeah. because there were trees everywhere it was like undergrowth all over the place mm-hmm. it was hard to walk around in mm-hmm. uh there was like a rusted bumper and hmm. other parts of a car oh, and a safe. giant like <laughs> rotting pile of firewood from i don't know how long uh, ago okay it was an interesting place to yeah. explore when i was younger but we played manhunt back there one mm-hmm. time and it was very fun yeah um and i just remember hiding like under a bush watching people sort of like walk by from under the bush their mm-hmm. feet go by and being that was very exciting like yeah I don't know. yeah and i feel like Something i won't forget um maybe we're jumping ahead a little bit but i feel like apex legends and like battle royale <laughs> games in general do similar things for me mm. where like uh well we'll, we'll table this for now we yeah, gotta, yeah, we gotta we gotta stick to the structure. We're gonna talk about stuff we've been making recently. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Apex Legends discussions to come. Hot content. Oh, of course. Coming down the hot pike. topics. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nick, have you been like making anything or working on anything like creatively? Yeah, I've I've not been working on games uh, mm-hmm. because they're very hard and yes, they require are. a lot of parts and time that mm-hmm. I don't have right now. Yep. Uh, but I have been investing in something else, which 
uh, also requires a lot of time, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. But yeah. I've been trying to get better at bass guitar mm-hmm. in a meaningful way, and in the in the sort of a larger sense, I've been trying to get better at music. Yeah. And I've been reading a lot of philosophy and trying to supplement my knowledge there, which isn't really a creative pursuit, but right. I'm trying to think of it as more of a sort of like practicing the skill of reading for creative purposes like right. to better myself do you, in some way. Do you like see, are you noticing any interesting overlaps in um, like really working at bass and also doing this philosophy reading at the same time? Like does, do you like approach playing bass in a different way now or? Um, definitely. It's funny. I just, I'm like an infant in ph- philosophy at this point. I mm-hmm. really don't know very yeah, much. I've yeah. just sort of like not even a quarter absorbed everything that I've read um, and that's having reread sections multiple times yeah. and had to look a lot of things up etc right. yeah um, but uh, I definitely think that the act of having of reading in that way of sort of practicing you know and mm-hmm. and having to reread sections and really think hard about them to understand what's being said um to the best of my ability has changed the way a little bit i've approached bass as of late i've been trying to do the hard stuff um i feel like it's easy especially when you get proficient at something like i would say i'm proficient at bass guitar yeah um it's it's easy to fall into the trap of every time you practice you practice what you know you can get good at right um and that's because you've already gotten better at it since you started so you know i know if i sit down and i practice my eighth notes and 16th notes you know i'll different beats per minute i'll just slowly get even better than i already have gotten at it Mm -hmm. but there are things that there are essentially like skills that i haven't put time into Mm -hmm. um on the instrument like really properly connecting my knowledge of music theory to my playing the bass guitar which is a difficult thing to do when you already know how to play the instrument but there's a whole different way to think about it that you haven't really integrated with kind of unlearn some stuff yeah, it's not, it's like not even unlearn. It's like figure out. It is a little unlearning, but mm-hmm. it's mostly just figuring out how what I already know actually fits into the right. context of sort of the study of music. Right. I know, I know how to do things. I don't know why I'm doing them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the learning why and the and I guess philosophy has influenced that a little bit in that it's sort of a study of you know like universal things i guess at mm-hmm. least what i'm reading is sort of that yeah and like searching for whys um, yeah i feel like philosophy usually tries to like get to the very core of a thing and that can usually have implications across lots of other things yeah and again i'm like i it's i feel the other thing about reading philosophy is i realize there's so much i do not know yeah. like as as you know at any point when you dive into a new field and you try and really absorb as much as you can mm-hmm. you just realize there's way more than I think there is, and I'm new at this, so there's way more even than that. You know, I'll, once I master basic things, there's advanced and intermediate things that I don't even, I can't even yeah, conceptualize. Yeah, it's like, it's like point, exponential. So. Like yeah. as soon as you learn one thing, there are three more things that you could possibly be learning about that one thing. Yeah. So it, it just keeps keeps. How do you? Yeah. How do going. you determine like what to focus on then? If there's that much to like work on. Um, honestly, right now, just basic understanding, like because like reading philosophy has just been difficult it's mm-hmm. it's hard to understand what people are saying yeah um because they mean something very specific and i 
am trying to be very wary of sort of imposing myself onto the words, you know, like thinking mm-hmm. this is what this means to me rather than I need to figure out what this person is actually saying because they're making a very specific nuanced observation usually. Right. And if I'll, I'll, I won't do it justice if I just read the paragraph once decide what i think they're saying you know it might not be as clear as it appears to be or it doesn't appear to be yeah yeah i feel like that kind of writing also rewards that sort of uh inspection because like if you kind of like glaze over a paragraph probably the next one's not going to make any sense whatsoever which is something i obviously learned the hard way a lot during school where i had to read like lots of theoretical texts Mm -hmm. and then would kind of be like skimming 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 and then they would say something and i'd be like wow that seems really important and i have no idea what it means to them or yep. like in this context it's like math it's like how in math if you look out the window for five seconds you're lost for the rest <laughs> of math like, it's just you which is why i'm horrible know. at math yeah and it's 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 because i guess it's part of the structure of the way that they present arguments it's mm-hmm. very logical and there's a clear sort of building block sort of uh structure to it i suppose yeah um at least stuff that i've read again i'm an infant but um yeah, it's, it reminds me a lot of math of like setting out principles, explaining them thoroughly, and then sort of mo- using those to build new ideas. Right. Which, if right. you miss one, then you miss a building block and you're screwed. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's really interesting. And so, just like sort of like general practices of approaching the, the acquisition of knowledge is kind of how that's overlapping with, with bass guitar in a way? Yeah, mostly. I mean, it's just changing how I think about learning a Mm -hmm. little bit and how i think about thinking i guess it's very again it's like really in its yeah infancy i can't speak too much on it but it's definitely influenced how i'm playing bass and how i'm approaching it which has been cool just to try something new too nice and that's that's a fun thing about doing this podcast where like we're starting you're starting off on this kind of like tandem journey like re- renewed i guess in 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 terms of like actually trying to get good as they say mm-hmm. so it'll be it'll be interesting as we as we check in over the weeks over yeah it's coming that's some there's some sort of social culpability <laughs> there, you know like yeah how yeah. has nick been doing mm-hmm. with his practice if, if he doesn't talk about it next week because i'll probably forget if he doesn't shame me shame shame him on the internet publicly yes absolutely um, i guess i haven't really been doing like too much certainly nothing with the amount of like rigor as you've been as you've been doing um with this with this new sort of uh phase you've entered with guitar or bass guitar rather uh i i am getting i picked up a freelance project which i probably won't get into specifics about because it's a personal thing for a personal guy but um in vague terms at least it's kind of like i don't know it's like the first freelance the first proper freelance gig i've done Mm. um for this kind of stuff like i've done random odd jobs all throughout my life because that's just kind of what happens when you're a a, a person <laughs> who doesn't mind doing things for other people for money i guess i don't know um i'd say that that describes a lot of us it just depends on the thing I suppose. yeah yeah well like okay so two weeks ago i was on a photo shoot i went to a photo shoot at a yeah. makeup company okay um who just needed like you know uh, uh control control images mm-hmm. of different people wearing different kinds of makeup. So different complexions with different hues in different lighting situations. Uh, For us, it was studio light and then natural light. And so it was just like me helping the actual photographer set up everything and pull the trigger when everything was composed and the model was in the right spot and had the right makeup on. 
and then renaming a bunch of files. It was mostly renaming files. All right. <laughs> yeah, being a photo, uh, a photographer's assistant, not a very glamorous job. Nope. But a fun way to spend a Thursday. I imagine, as with most like assistant jobs, it's mm-hmm. I don't want to do this, and it's not that hard, and doesn't yeah. actually require expertise <laughs> yeah. of my subjects. So yeah. I'll have someone else do it. Yeah, which you know I'm fine doing. Yeah, and it's it's someone's got to do it. I mean, someone's got to do it. It'll help them be more productive. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it was I think it's hopefully. <laughs> I just enjoyed it because I got to see like, okay, what, what is it actually like to be on one of these kinds of sets mm-hmm. and how do they interact with the client and what is kind of expected in terms of the setup and the, the overall production of the shoot and that kind of thing. How do you manage like stuff that crops up on the fly? So uh, for example, there's like a few lipsticks that were really, really potent stuff. Like they were very, very bold and bright, yeah. which means it was pretty difficult to get them totally and completely off the model's lips to before they reapplied the next uh, lipstick. Yep. And so they were like kind of skewing the results of some of these photos and yeah. there were like smears around the edges of their lips from it. And so we just, you know, had to skip over those lipsticks, but like deciding which one, which specific of these very bold lipsticks to skip was kind of like not something that was up to us like there were other people on the shoot there that worked for the makeup company that decided which we were going to go with um which were like probably their better sellers of this batch or stuff like that that's interesting yeah which is i don't know it's just like yeah it was kind of a weird shoot and i asked the photographer like so how standard is this like what is how does this compare to other shoots you've been on recently because she's been doing this for a few years now and she said, yeah, it was kind of weird, <laughs> you know, because it's not like we're shooting a product that's going to be in an ad or in a magazine mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's just this is totally for testing internal usage. So low stakes, which was nice for me, because it means like if you don't get the shot, you're fine. Like yeah. you have tons of photos for them to use anyway. And it's not the end of the world if we miss a few. Yeah. Uh, which was great. Um, but so that was photography. But this other, this new freelance gig is for like actual development of like a creative app, um, which is like a, a portfolio in augmented reality. I see. But what that means is totally up for grabs for, for the dude that you're working for, essentially, or uh, for the client. Yeah, for the client. Yeah, yeah. the client themselves is like approached and was like, I want to do, I want to have my portfolio represented in augmented reality, so I can kind of take a few steps in this sort of sort of like digital interactive digital storytelling space all right yeah um which i think is like a pretty interesting idea it's not necessarily the most accessible yeah like in terms of sending it to someone Mm -hmm. for them to easily look at and like sending someone a video game that's not on the web essentially yeah i mean and I, i talked to them about this today as well where it was just sort of like okay well we, we can make this but it's gonna have to be a downloadable app because web-based vr or ar like isn't there yet yeah you can sort of start to de- develop for it on google's test branch of google chrome mm-hmm. but god only knows when that's going to be a made made available in like yeah. the standard mm-hmm. chrome package when and if yeah when and if exactly i mean i could see it being like a year mm-hmm. easily um maybe less but definitely not in the immediate future yeah uh so I was kind of like, yeah, this is going to be something that you are probably only ever going to get to use in this on the spot, like at an interview where you can just whip out your phone and show it to someone, mm-hmm. in which case they're not really going to like spend a lot of time looking at every little detail about it because you're you're right there. Why bother looking at your portfolio? Mm-hmm. Um, or it's you're going to send it to someone that you already have a bit of a relationship with who you've gone back and forth with it expressed interest. Maybe it's just like a casual conversation. You're like, hey, check this out. This is like a new sort of means of like uh, displaying my work and I sort of helped design this with this other developer guy. Um, so we'll see how it goes, but 
yeah, I just, you know, in terms of being like the primary worker in this client based relationship has been interesting. And I mean, this person's only like a year or two older than me. So like it's, it's not, there aren't like massive expectations yeah. and like huge deadlines or anything like very cut and dry like that. They're a very open person uh, who's just kind of willing to sort of go through this experiment together, which is kind of like ideal, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So that's going to. Especially gonna... for like, since I don't know if you've done anything freelance like super recently, like mm-hmm. to, to have something with low expectations would be yeah, nice. Like... That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and it also makes me like more comfortable with like the pricing of things because it's a bit more flexible given that we don't know a hundred percent what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nice. Um, so hopefully I can just execute it well and uh, you know, yeah, build my skill set a little bit. Cause like, it's one of those things where no, this isn't exactly the kind of creative work I want to be doing. It's not like writing or exactly storytelling mm-hmm. per se, but it is something that will force me to actually do the thing and practice my like hard skills yep. <laughs> where, because it's something, that's something I've been telling myself for like months and months and months and months and months. Oh, I just need to like find a fun project to just jam on yeah. and I'll just do it and it'll be fun. So I'll do it. And that just doesn't happen. You get a lot probably in your head yeah about the actual project rather than the doing mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. yeah it's and it's very easy for that to happen to me because i'm like kind of anxious around my hard skills mm. um so to have this actual expectation and, and money on the line and involved like definitely holds me accountable to actually just sit down and, and do it yeah so we'll see how that goes all right okay sounds nice mm-hmm. i guess it's uh, about time for for a break gonna hear from our sponsors in a moment and we'll be back on the other side wigwam my man wigwam you want a wigwam it's a place to be it's a place to have fun wigwam it's a great expression you can say it whenever wigwam 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 hey i'm going on the street saw a penny on the corner picked it up wigwam free penny i'm not trying to sell anything just say wigwam it's fun and they're beautiful structures Back to nature, make a wiggle tonight. Yeah. And we're back. Yay! I love wigwams. <laughs> wigwam! Wigwam, my dude. It's a great word to say, and they are very intricate structures. They are. Mm-hmm. Someone on our, on our stream the other day just yeah. said wigwam a lot. <laughs> yeah, someone was saying wigwam a whole bunch as an, exclam- ex- as, as an exclamation. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. I guess is fine. I, yeah, I don't really know what <laughs> if that's a reference to something or what. But I, it kinda, he kind of seems like a bit of a strange dude. Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> um, Nick, what have you been playing recently? Uh, we have been playing Apex Legends together, which <gasps> has been pretty fun. Yeah, it's been a good time. Um, it's it's one of the first battle royale games I actually enjoy all that much. Yeah, which... it's pretty much the only battle ro- cool. battle royale game I've ever played, even. Yeah. This is this is true. We don't <laughs> play much Fortnite or anything, which, to your credit, uh, and we, I don't think you played any PUBG. Nope. Did you play any PUBG? I wanted to play PUBG when it was hot, when it first was yeah. coming out, and everybody was playing it at the game center, but I didn't. <laughs> you know, I support that decision because PUBG was never really well optimized. Yeah. Fortnite is fine, but I don't know. I, it, I personally, I feel it has a lot of undue attention. Mm-hmm. Um, at least from the older crowd. Younger kids, I don't care. Younger kids can play whatever they want. I don't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, they're kind of their their taste is, is an enigma. Like I'm sure it's not to the people who optimize their content for it. Mm. Uh, but I don't know. Kids are weird. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm, and I'm happy that people are playing video games yeah, either way. Like, for sure, it doesn't really matter to me. And but. honestly, all things considered, could be worse. I mean, Minecraft, I definitely think was a better game for a massive amount of like children to be into. A hundred percent. I feel like. Well, I would just. I don't know. I don't want to make judgments between games calling one better or worse because mm-hmm. that's just not that's a whole argument to get into essentially about sure, what sure, that sure. means but i definitely prefer minecraft as an experience to fortnite personally yeah um, well and minecraft so. isn't about like killing people <laughs> yeah it is a more relaxed experience for sure and more creative experience yeah. but Despite the fact that you both you build things in both of them, funny enough. Yeah, that is true. I, um, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that earlier today, actually. Like, is there something inherently satisfying for children in like building stuff? That or maybe an interesting thought. Or maybe I was kind of thinking about like, well, what is it about building stuff that is fun? Which I, I guess it's just to like create stuff. And so, why don't I do it as often? Or like, why am mm-hmm. I not as attracted to it? And I think. For me, at least, it's because of the amount of expressivity that's inherent in that. Mm. And I don't want to put myself out there in that way. Whereas kids probably don't really care as much about it. They're like, oh, I'm just going to mm. build this this weird donut castle because I love donuts and castles. Woohoo! That is true. They don't really have many preconceptions about, I guess, even being judged for what they're yeah. doing. Or whatever sort of anxieties you might have about creating something. Or even judging themselves for what they're doing. Yeah, which I, I think is definitely something mm. that creeps up on you as you age is yeah. the sort of i don't know it's like oh because i'm this age i should be this good at a thing because mm. so many other people at this age have been so much better at it also just have like a broader understanding of the thing you are trying to do mm-hmm. um or you know there are all sorts of expectations associated with sort of trying to create something for a specific scene or in yeah. a specific way etc yeah you kind of sort of have a lot of extra mental baggage in the context side of things yeah maybe children just they're creating for themselves and they're finding satisfaction in creating on like a personal level yeah and so i don't know maybe yeah. that's how we should try and treat sort of generating content i guess my i wonder if that's the healthiest way to think about it i i feel like it is because if you're doing it for you then i don't know you're probably gonna keep doing it and yeah. it'll come off as genuine and that's what people react to in in the things that they like the most you know yeah. like think about all the favorite content creators that you that you can think of like they're just being who they are i mean yeah. some of them obviously put on little personas and kick it up a notch for the camera and whatnot but you know they're still just like uh um amplifying their own personality yeah and it, if it comes across as something genuine and like honest and, and real that you can believe in that's kind of like heartening to see because yeah. you you know that they're that they're there and that you can re- relate to them in honest real ways as mm-hmm. opposed to just kind of like projecting your own feelings onto a character or something like that hmm. um but yeah apex though apex <laughs> it's though, been yeah. it's been intense i think you know i hadn't played battle royale games up until now because they're so goddamn intense and just horrifying and just like the tension is just at 11 the whole time for me like i'm just as tense as i ever am playing games like playing any online game is tough because it's just like other people also really good at the game and it it just it has a much i have a much different experience in that sense and so now i'm playing a game not just against like one or two or three other people but against uh what like 59 other people Mm -hmm. um well i guess i guess uh, you have two teammates, yeah. so 57. Yeah. 
Um, but it's, I, I don't know, I've just kind of jumped in because it looked fun and meshed some of the aspects of a game like Overwatch that I really liked, which is, you know, the sort of character-based stuff and mm-hmm. the fact that these characters have really distinct and, and well-wrought personalities and, and interesting backstories to, like, kind of, like, motivate you a little bit in the game. Mm. Um, at least I, I enjoy, like, thinking about that while I'm playing. as like, oh, I'm this character, and, oh, this this battle means a lot to me because of the fact that I need to, like, mm. make the money you for like my trip home. playing Yeah, a little bit of role-play is I mean, fun. That can be fun. Yeah. And I don't know, I feel like Battle Royale games lend themselves a little bit to that because there is so much, uh, like quiet time or there are so many decisions to make i guess well it is the kind of game that easily generates sort of personal narratives yeah you have your own little journey through the map Mm -hmm. each game and you have different encounters each time which makes it feel like sort of a unique storyline in a way i suppose yeah especially if you're playing with people you know and you can have like you can have these shared moments with someone like the basis for in jokes yeah all of humanity (laughs) absolutely and that definitely also makes it really difficult to play by yourself with random people yes <laughs> uh you just like communication is a really 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 big part of this game with squad based yeah. unless you have like magnificent game sense yeah unless yeah. you're just like you you can see into the future yeah or something <laughs> like that which honestly some of these people i think might be able to do because that's like predict the, what you can do yeah, yeah that's i guess that's true that's like the one thing i feel like to some extent, that's a knack that some people just are better at than others. Like understanding what someone's going to do. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it. Feel like for some people, it's a sort of subconscious mm-hmm. addition of things. You know, where it's yeah. oh, I saw this person do this and do that, so I know this about them. Essentially, mm-hmm. almost like doing cold reads of your opponents yeah and they'll do one of these two things so i'm gonna anticipate one of them and oh 50 50 yeah. chance it worked out and and doing like if i do this what do they do you know yeah that, that sort of thought yeah that one or two steps yeah. ahead kind of thought yeah can can really enlighten you as to what your opponent is is trying to do by just being oh if i rush them they panic a little bit you know what i yeah. mean or they immediately start shooting or something mm-hmm. like that or mm-hmm. etc it's more prevalent i feel like in fighting games where it's really like you have a set sort of number of inputs and right. it's, it's more about oh if i use this move or if i do this specific chain of things how do they react mm-hmm. and can i exploit that you know um, yeah. but i have trouble with it in in fps games just because it's so fast yeah it's, like, it is blindingly quick yeah. i'm i'm just too preoccupied thinking about not messing up the buttons yeah the buttons uh, the goddamn yeah. buttons man <laughs> i was thinking the other day about like playing on a controller because i know the aiming is so much worse i'd probably just get destroyed because people are aiming on with the mouse and keyboard which Mm. is just like a lot more precise but i feel like my inputs would be a lot more accurate Mm. just because i'm so much more familiar with using a controller and i would be able to do certain things like sprinting for example without like consciously thinking about it really i see which is something which is very important to do you should basically always be sprinting in this game that I still have to like remind myself to like, oh yeah, I gotta smash that left shift button with my pinky because I'm only walking right now, you know. Um, I mean, maybe it would still just be as bad. I'm sure it'd be mm. just as bad, but I don't know. It's I feel like I might try it at some point just out of curiosity. Um, so yeah, as I was saying, like the interesting thing about the game, or one of the things that makes it stand out from Fortnite and, and uh, from PUBG, is that they are like they have characters and the characters have certain abilities, 
And Nick, you've been playing the Lifeline character. Yes, because I just like healers in games. Yeah. I didn't used to. I used to always just like playing DPS characters. Mm -hmm. um, and I still do like playing DPS characters sometimes. But if I'm like trying to actually be competitive, I feel like I like playing healers. Mm -hmm. It's just more fun to like save someone yeah. rather than to kill someone else, I guess, for me. Yeah, because it's probably, you know, saving someone probably mm -hmm. like a little bit easier than killing someone in this game sometimes at least i don't know because i mean the healing the heal bot thing is very slow in that's true yeah how much it heals you but and she has that other ability which calls down the um mm -hmm. sort of a crate that brings you, you know, like a resupply which is which is cool um especially when you're new to the game and like you're bad at looting things and mm -hmm. it's just like well if you just live long enough even if you don't kill people Here you, it is. you get some stuff which is nice when you're starting out yeah um, you don't have to like try and snowball killing a bunch of people into mm -hmm. winning the match um, but yeah it's just it's always more satisfying when you save someone in a game for me than when you actually like eliminate a teammate mm -hmm. and that's just because I feel like usually saving people you have to you have to work a little harder like mm -hmm. you can save someone with a shield you know by using the shield at a strategic time right or you can kill an enemy by shooting them in the face and mm -hmm. like predicting. And it is it they both have a lot of depth to the mechanics, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. saving people is always, I don't know. I just find it more rewarding. <laughs> and then, you know, your teammate is grateful and can raise morale a little, even. I don't yeah, know. yeah. I think the morale part is totally true because, like, I don't know. Getting a kill is, uh, you know, obviously it's it's great because it's one less person to have to worry about. Yeah. But like having the moment where like you're down and your expectations are really low and it's like oh my god i'm gonna get killed like mm -hmm. oh this is bad we're gonna get wiped and then to have someone put you back into the fight yeah. is like a great feeling it's like keeping hope alive yeah like, absolutely you either you either do it by eliminating the enemy team single-handedly and then yeah. your team loves you or you do it by <laughs> saving your team when they're being idiots mm -hmm. and or just unfortunate things happen and you have to go save them yep. you know yep that was the one consolation to playing alone uh, the other day for myself was that as many times as I just got mowed down, like my, my teammates did too. And some yeah. of them had pretty good stats, like had a lot of like kills racked up and seemed to have a lot of experience, seemed to know what they were doing. And I would just like stay as close to them as I possibly could the whole time, <laughs> just like a, a child, you know, clinging to their parent. Um, and like, yeah, sometimes it just stuff went down and it didn't work out for us. And they, they made some dumb decisions as well. And that's just kind of how it goes, Yeah, which I guess makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, that's, that's what that's everybody playing the game. Yeah, that's a that's like almost something that you just learn when learning a new skill. Mm -hmm. Like when you try it and you suck at it and you feel <laughs> bad because your exposure to it is mostly people who are good at it who yeah. are sort of in the limelight and mm -hmm. who you that's true sort of partake of their content I suppose. Yeah, and you're comparing yourself to them and then you start if you reach out to you know the community or you just do it enough in the company of other people who do it mm -hmm. whatever skill you're trying to master you'll realize other people also have the same difficulties <laughs> that you do yeah other people blah, blah, blah. other people also screw up yeah and you know it's really it's fine mm -hmm. it's part of learning yeah uh, that's yeah something i should definitely do more of <laughs> i guess <laughs> it's just trying to maintain expectations for myself in like yeah. lots of different practices um, I've been playing the uh, Bloodhound character who, I don't know, so this is one of the things that like is a nice narrative hook for me or at least is interesting in that they, I don't know, when I first loaded up the game I was like, okay, that, there's like some German dude in like a creepy costume who likes to kill people or whatever. <laughs> and then I like Google their backstory and like, okay, what's the official like canon lore on this character? 
And it turns out that they're like this non-binary master hunter who believes in like some kind of Nordic faith or whatever that gives them special abilities and nobody knows really much else about them. And they're just kind of like this enigmatic figure that kind of travels the, the galaxy looking for new things to hunt down, which I, I'm not as about the hunting part because, you know, big game hunting in a lot of parts of our world is usually pretty unethical. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's a... That's an interesting twist to it. Well, yeah, because like most, because especially with like the like the Ur hunter who like is the best of the bunch, it, they're usually depicted like with the head of a lion or something. But lions are so friendly. <laughs> I mean, right. obviously, I mean... <laughs> obviously they can maul people and they are very powerful. But it like there is so many like countless uh, videos. Of people not like evil. You, like... you can like drive up to them and notice, be like, no, "What's I, up? That's a car." Because they're not. Under, they have no yeah. predators. I understand not demonizing animals that are just yeah doing their thing but i mean by the same token like yeah hunting is hunting hunting is a complicated thing i guess to talk yeah, about in general but it is. it's you know i don't know why that character is hunting are they just right. hunting for the sake of hunting i think but they're just doing it for the challenge is is that i mean is that inherently wrong i don't know i don't think so i, I okay. definitely don't think so but it's just it's some of the connotations that it reminds me of, of yeah. like a doctor going on like a, safa- a quote unquote safari in Africa and leaning out of his jeep to shoot a lion at like point blank range. It's kind of like one of the things I think about uh, yeah. and the sort of panoply yeah. of things that pop up when I think about it. Because like, I also That's think fair. about people like, you know, hunting in like Virginia to like maintain deer populations, which is an important part of like that ecosystem and to like feed themselves and that kind of stuff. Like they're both parts of this culture, but, you know, it's just there's a lot of, of conflict in it. I wonder if part of how you how one feels about that has to do with sort of like the power dynamic. Yeah, like absolutely. If because uh, as humans we're advanced enough where like it doesn't feel fair, you know, right. to to be hunting like that. But yeah. if you like put yourself in the shit mm-hmm. and it was sort of like a fifty fifty, you make it out or you win. Right. And it's sort of like you're just being an adrenal adrenaline junkie. Like yeah, like how like do you feel Teddy about Roosevelt going yeah, out there? <laughs> how do you feel about that character? Yeah. Versus you know, and that's kind of how I try to like couch this character in Mm -hmm. in the fiction that they're like they're going to like the most extreme places in the most extreme environments to like really push their like you know survival skills and that kind of and tracking skills and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff and that's sort of like mirrored in their abilities um which are like i think you know really really cool and certainly for me useful as a a new player because a lot of the game is about knowing where people are and positioning yourself in relation to them and this character lets you see anything that someone's like interacted with or done, you see little like markers. They like pop up on on the screen uh, with a little bit of a sense of how long ago they happened. Mm. So it'd be like, oh, empty shell casings right here from like five minutes ago. Or, oh, if someone died right here 30 seconds ago, probably don't stand right there, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and so that's sort of like their passive ability. Then they have a tactical ability, which I don't really know how to use properly, but it sends out like a pulse that shows like silhouettes of where people were when that pulse went out. So, yeah. like, if there was someone in that room next to you, you'll know they were there. You don't know if they're still there or if they've moved, but you know that there are people around, so be on alert. I wonder if you'd want to use it maybe right before you push someone so you do know, like, pretty much almost exactly where they are. Yeah. And you can get them right as you turn a corner. Yeah, that's that seems to be the best spot for it. Or it's, like, you're squad deep. You, you, you're pretty comfortable. Because the other thing is, like, when this goes off, everybody hears it. Everybody sees it. Yeah. It's not, like, a private thing. Yep. and so it can really give you away but if you know you're about to like jump someone or yeah. like ready to you're ready to go and you just don't know if anyone's even in this house to begin with yep it can be really useful to at least like oh shit someone's here like now i know they know yep. i'm here too but at least now we're on the same playing field as opposed to them like sneaking up on me yeah and so 
beyond that, the like ultimate ability is the best possible use of that, which turns everything into black and white and you get like Witcher Sense mode essentially, <laughs> where everybody's footsteps are like bright red on the ground and like a very clear path of, as to where they went. And people themselves are like bright red outlines that are incredibly easy to spot from a very long distance, mm -hmm. um, which essentially lets you like run people down no matter where they go, yeah. uh, which is really fun to do because <laughs> it kind of like tells you where they are, um, but no one can hide from you anymore. And they might think they can hide from you because they don't know what character you are. They don't know you're like running your ability or anything. And then you just like run up on them as they're healing in a corner. You can just, you can just wipe people out sometimes. Um, so it definitely yeah it definitely helps as like a new character especially also with like aiming and stuff um because like it just gives you a very clear objective to hit uh which is kind of tricky otherwise especially when you're like out of range or something like that um so yeah it's just i don't know it's been, it's been a lot of fun yeah um i also like the robot guy because he's really cute <laughs> and he has a smiley face robot in his chest fun. i like his um i like his grappling hook and yeah. his his ultimate ability uh the which makes the what are they called a zip within line? the game the zip lines the zip line ability that's fun yeah yeah that one's fun because it's one of those things that can also surprise people mm -hmm. like like all of a sudden like i thought i was on top of this roof it's really really high up no one can get to me ha ha and then all of a sudden there's a zip line and three people are like zipping on up and shooting as they're coming up and oh my god we're getting rushed and it's <laughs> not expected oh god um also difficult to use properly because it's one of those things that like really shows off where you are because all of a sudden a zip line just got chucked across this chasm yeah. and now someone's like kind of out in the open zipping across it but um it can also yeah really turn the tide and like getting tactical advantage over people mm. um and then like their ability to like, grapple people in general with like a short range grappling hook is hilarious because it actually obeys real physical laws in that you both go towards one another when you grapple an enemy <laughs> it's not like they come to you it's not you go to them you both kind of meet in the middle because that's uh. how physics works um that's right cool. yeah that's how physics works um if you're if you weigh the same i guess it would have to that i mean physics are hard yeah. i don't want to presume <laughs> to understand that without thinking about it a little harder but um definitely has to do with momentum i suppose and like the tension in the in the grappling hook mm -hmm. you, yeah i don't know if it was strong enough it could probably push you both together but I don't really understand the mechanism properly. Enough. Yeah. Well, I guess if you like weigh the same and you like have the same amount of like resistance on the ground. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's what it does in the game, <laughs> which yeah, can lead know. to some pretty silly encounters. Um, but it also usually just results in me putting someone directly in my face for them to shoot me. Yeah. So, but I don't know. It feels good to use. Um, uh, so aside from Apex, is there like anything else you've, you've been playing? Um, you know, not really. I mean... It's been interesting. I haven't been playing too many games for once in like the entirety of my life mm -hmm. uh, as of late because I've been I don't know been trying to do some other stuff. Um, I I have played a little Dota, you know, here and there, and mm -hmm. uh, I haven't I played oh I I actually just yesterday played some board games, which was fun. I played oh, Betrayal nice. at the House on the Hill, which is a game that I love. Mm -hmm. um, and then I played another one with, and now I've forgotten the name, which is unfortunate, but. That one's a game in which you have these little uh, pebbles that sort of follow a path that mm. you create on the board, and you have to not run into each other or run off of the board. Uh, okay. I forget the name of it. I'll have to fig figure it out later, maybe <laughs> say it the next episode. Or... Kind of sounds like uh, la wa Wave Riders? Laser Riders? Yeah, it's not that, but mm -hmm. um, it's very, it's quite fun. But And I played Photosynthesis, which was another what fun is board photosynthesis? game. Photosynthesis is a, like a board game in which you try and grow trees, hmm. uh, and 
it, it's it's like got it's hard to explain, <laughs> uh, but it's it's pretty fun. Um, I would recommend people take a look at it at least. I yeah. like board games a yeah. lot. Um, cool. It, it was nice to play some. Yeah, I should I should play more board games. Um, we should get some board games. To yeah, be that'd be good times. Um, okay, I think that's probably going to do it for this episode. Yeah. Um, we'll Sounds be back good. next week, uh, hopefully with another guest. We have a couple people maybe lined up, but I'm not going to say anything until it happens. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye.